This is the Spurs Cast with your host, Paul Garcia. And welcome back to another episode of the Spurs Cast. On today's episode, I will be joined with Project Spurs Director of Digital Content, Joe Garcia. Joe and I will discuss the Spurs being on an 11-game streak, losing streak now and the team's three-point shooting this season. Let's go ahead and jump right into this episode with Joe. Joe, how you doing? Doing good. I wish the Spurs were doing better, you know, because that would make the holiday season that, that much more festive. But unfortunately, the team's in the middle of an 11-game losing streak, and I don't know, Paul, it's, it's looking kind of grim, man. All I'm asking Santa for is a win. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, you and I, have, you basically have been the only person I've been talking to these last few weeks. And I mean, it's kind of been the same story. I mean, we started when the yeah. losing streak began and then, you know, another week goes by and then we take Thanksgiving off and then they're still on this losing streak. So, uh, Joe, let's go ahead and recap how the team did in their last three games since you and I spoke just a week ago. Uh, so they went 0-3 on their, on their uh, most recent three games. They, they Let's go back to last Wednesday. They were on the road at OKC. They lose by uh, eight points. So they were, it was just a little bit more competitive game for San Antonio. Uh, we do want to know that, that the Thunder were favored and the Spurs were, were um, you know, the injury bug really caught San Antonio here. They were without Yaka Pertle. They were without Jeremy Sohan, Josh Richardson. And then the, the Thunder were without SGA, their best player, Shea Gildas Alexander. The uh, Spurs actually came out and looked like this losing streak was going to end. They were up by 17 points in this game in the first half. And then, nope, the game starts to like, I, I've been making those charts of like, you see like the, like the game story. And then all of a sudden you see like the third quarter comes and whoop, OKC kind of takes the lead there. And so OKC took over in the fourth and they ended up winning this game. So that was the Spurs' best chance recently of ending the losing streak. Then the Spurs went back home and they hosted the New Orleans Pelicans and the Pelicans beat them by 18 points. Uh, the Pelicans were favored. This is the one where Coach Pop was out. He, um, he you know, he's been out for two games uh, with what the team's calling a minor medical procedure that he that he underwent. And so he, he is expected to be back on Thursday when they play the Rockets. So there was no Coach Pop, uh, no no Pirtle, still no Sohan. Doug McDermott is was now on the injury report. So was Richardson. And then for the Pelicans, they were without Brandon Ingram and Herb Jones in their starting lineup. It was a pretty close game for San Antonio all the way up into the third quarter. Then all of a sudden, New Orleans takes off and they end up getting that 18-point lead and winning. And then the most recent game was one where it was over pretty quickly. Uh, the Spurs lost by 38 points. Uh, you mentioned this, pre, uh, you know, just you and I talking um, before we started recording, Joe, that they fell, they fell behind by over 40 in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, still no Coach Pop, still no Pirtle, still no Sohan, still no McDermott or Richardson. Uh, Chris Paul was out for the Suns, and so was Cam Johnson. But, I mean, this one was over fast. Like, they got blown out by halftime. It was already over. And so this is a tough part for me, Joe, is like, Yes, you know, the, the Vegas says, you know, this they were supposed to go 0 3 and they did go 0 3. So it's like, you know, I, and they were close like in two of those games. Like I said, it's just, man, I, I, that's kind of like the give and take. Like, I, I know that they're injured and, you know, it, this is kind of, they're expected to lose, but it's like kind of like, you know, when does this lose streak, this losing streak kind of end? What are your thoughts on these most recent three games? Oh, man. It, it's just getting worse and worse and worse. You know, the decline is. And, and you know, you can attribute that to injuries. I mean, but injuries are part of the process when it comes to, playing an 82-game regular season, you know. Uh, all teams are dealing with that. Yeah, for sure. But the, the issue with the San Antonio Spurs is, uh, as I've told you before we even came on air here, um, it, it's just the little things. Basically, it, it boils down to effort. It's plain and simple. And Coach Pop has said it, and so have some of the players uh, when they're addressing the media. And what it boils down to is them just playing sound basketball for a full 48 minutes and we have yet to see them play a full 48 minutes of, of solid basketball. Um, and a, again, it goes with the team who is still trying to find their way, uh, being very inexperienced and, and young. Um, losing is just going to be a, a, a teacher uh, for them, and they're going to eventually get tired of the losing. And I'm sure it'll come to an end uh, sooner than later. But 
in the in the in the meantime, we're going to be privy to to some pretty brutal uh, blowouts, and and they might have the lead again, like we saw uh, with um, OKC, and it, they might just dwindle it away because we've seen that the team does not do very good when other teams go ahead and start pressing them, which is what we saw by OKC, and when OKC came out and pressed them uh, in the third quarter after the halftime. Uh, that's when everything just started going downhill for them. So they have to learn how to close out games and just play better as a t- as a whole. You know, put the effort in there, and you know maybe things will will turn around. But you you've noticed that too, Paul. They haven't put forth the effort. You made a great point there, Joe, especially with the injuries. I mean, you're right. Every team goes through injuries. And like we see here, you know, every time the Spurs were missing players, yes, the other team was also missing some key players. But I think that because of the group that this team has, uh, you know, they have to almost be perfect when those a lot of their, their key players are out San Antonio, whereas the other teams can afford to lose some players and they're still going to have a really good chance of winning. And so that's what you say about like the effort and they just really have to be locked in for, for an entire 48 minutes. If not, you know, games could slip away or if they're not even ready initially, I mean, teams could just, you know, um, come out, um, you know, firing away like like phoenix did all right so joe now let's talk about through 24 games where does this team stand they are now 29th on offense so they've dropped one one place since you and i last spoke they were 28th last week they're still 30th on defense they're still 30th in net rating uh they're 6 and 18 overall they have fallen now to to last place out west 15th out west and uh they were 14th last week and something that that um they're on this 11 game losing streak like we've talked about and they and they're getting close to the franchise record that is a 13 game <laughs> losing streak back in 1988 89 and so their next three opponents, um, you know, if they lose the next three games, that's it. You know, that's 14 losses in a row, and that's that's a new franchise record. So their next three opponents are the Rockets on Thursday, and then the Heat. They go to the Miami and play the Heat on the weekend, and then they return next week against the Cavaliers. So if they go 0-3 in these next three games, I mean, that's it. They've, they've officially, um, you know, gotten, gotten that, that losing streak. Now, I thought that for sure against Houston, they're probably going to they would, they would end that losing streak. But I'm not so sure anymore after the team put out their injury report. They already announced that five players are out for that game Thursday against Houston and and, and four other players are, are you know, probable or questionable. And those are key players like Devin Vassell, Josh Richardson, Doug McDermott. So, I mean, if you're missing Pirtle, Sohan, and then you can end up missing, uh, you know, four or, or five extra players. I mean, that's a tough, tough um, ask for this team to end that losing streak, even against Houston, who is a bad team as well. Um, so, so that's kind of something that I'm, I'm, uh, that I'm watching. And then also, for lottery purposes, one of the good things, though, with them losing all these games is that they've now officially have the second worst record in the league only behind Orlando. And so that means that, again, if you're just in the top three worst records by the end of the year, you have those 14% lottery odds to get the number one pick. What are your thoughts there, Joe, on, on this losing streak, you know, possibly making history if, if it continues? It's just indicative of, again, the, the sign of the times with this team in a full-on rebuild. Um, I mean, I, I was around for the 88 88- 89 season you know when they lost 13 in a row and it was kind of brutal as well um and you know they they winded up drafting one david robinson and you know kind of changed their fortunes a little bit there uh and not too long after that they uh had another season where it was a 96 97 season i believe where they were losing a ton of games you know they had dominique wilkins as their their best uh player and 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 uh the the team's high score for the season and if anything you know goes to you know i guess history repeating itself is if this team does go ahead and go on a on a historic losing streak last time that happened they did uh, draft one tim duncan so you have that to kind of look forward to if if the balls fall in the spurs favor and i mean the lottery balls by that and they wind up getting at least a, a top three pick you would hope it would be number one but again i mean you just you're going to get what you can get. So even if it's a one or a two, I wouldn't be mad if we got Scoot Henderson, you know, uh, and I wouldn't be mad if the team even drafted Victor Wembeyama. That's the the prize. That's what everybody wants right now 
And that would actually make a dramatic impact on this team, just as, you know, in years past, when they were pretty bad before they got David Robinson, it's going to sting and it's going to hurt. But, you know, everything that we're seeing is just telling you that this is just not a very good team. Them being um, the second to the worst uh, team in the NBA, they're only one step above the lowly Orlando Magic, who are, who are taking pretty hard as well. And, and the Spurs, I believe, are going to wind up facing them again. So it's going to be the battle for for Wembeyama. You know, whoever wins that has the rights or loses that game has the, the rights for, for Wembeyama. I'm sure they'll spin it somehow, some way like that. But, I mean, you just got to be patient with the team, and it, it's a growing process. So, you know, even though we're showing all these numbers and you're throwing these things out there, doesn't mean that you should not support this team. Still support the team yeah. through thick and thin because then when they get back again to to true form and start flirting with that play-in game or even the playoffs, it's going to be really special for for this generation of fan, I believe. Yeah, I mean, and that's the tough thing is like you go through a season like this and then what if you don't even end up with the Wimbanyama at the end? Yeah. That's that's the tough part is that like, you know, the the NBA has evened out those odds a little bit where like it's just three teams get 14% chance, so it's not like guaranteed – that even if you have the worst record or, you know, you get those 40%, you're going to end up That's with That's why the picks are vital when you're making, uh, you know, trades. Yeah. You want as many picks as you can in that first round just in case something does not pan out. At least you have some leverage. So you can either decide to move down or move up in the draft. And that's why you got those picks, right, Paul? Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, yeah. So let's go to our next topic, Joe. And this is something we kind of explored you and I last week, but I didn't really have any, I didn't really have much data at this point. Now, I do want to note that Kelton did have a pretty good game against Phoenix, um, you know, in that most recent one. So maybe he is starting to turn his season around after he struggled here. But actually, what, I was just like really interested in like, I, you know, I, I was I, I don't really, um, you know, with the team you know, losing so many games in a row, I don't really tabulate the stats as much anymore. Maybe like once a week I'm getting into it. I used to do it almost after every game. And so then I just kind of got more. It's more so like I'm not like trying to be real negative here. I'm just trying to question. I was just like. Where did where, what started going wrong for Kelton here this season? And so I started going through his data and I really saw I was using first a model from cleaning the glass. Where like you can like see his trend lines of how he's doing. And then all of a sudden it starts dipping like around um, November 19th is when we really start to see it. And we do want to note, though, that that's when the Spurs kind of were on that in the, in the midst of that losing streak. And then also multiple players were injured. So I think there's some context uh, to go around there. So what I have here is Kelton before and after, um, you know, no November 18th. So we can see here before November 18th, um, he was, you know, in 14 games, he was averaging uh, his minutes are pretty much the same 33 and 31 before and after shots though. Sh you, you mentioned this last week, Joe, that his shots started going, uh, he started sh taking more shots. He, he and Vassell. Um, and you know, it's understandable if they're missing, you know, key players like Yaka Pirtle, um, so had other players at uh, Richardson McDermott. It's expected that, yeah, he's going to have more, more um, responsibility on the offense and, and, you know, the team's struggling to create anything. So they're going to look at one of their, their key players. And so we do see that his shots went up by three. Um, he's he was taking 20 shots, but his points started to go down. Um, he's, he was scoring 23 points a night. Uh, on those 17 shots initially, then it, it's down to 16 points on just 20 shots. So again, he's he's taking more shots than, than getting more points. Rebounds are about the same, five each time. Assists are only down by about two, four, four assists before, and then, and then two assists after. We, we do want to note that the team is struggling from three. Uh, fouling kind of the same, steals the same. Uh, turnovers, he's actually gotten better with, with not turning the ball over. And then when we look at his shooting, that's where I'm really um, where I'm really seeing the difference here. And it's really his three-point shot, as you can see there. I mean, just 9 of 50 from above the break threes, 3 of 11 right now on corner threes uh, in, in this time frame after November 18th. Um, and then even like wide open threes, 3 of 15. And then and then his pull-up threes, he's 0 of 19 right now in this time frame. And, and, and it's, 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 it's interesting to see that he's taking more. He's taking 31% of his shots on that pull-up three. And before, when he was shooting really well, 
uh, he was he was he was only taking 21 percent of his shots. So obviously a big decline for him is, is that three point shot, which we've talked about. And I, I really just can't pinpoint what, what's going on. I, I like literally I, like before you and I started recording, I was watching maybe like like 20 minutes of, of game film on him. All of his shots before this time frame from three and then all of his shots after. I mean, his, his mechanics, as far as like picking up the shot and, t- and releasing it, they look very similar. What I do see, and this is something Jeff McDonald, the San Antonio Express News mentioned on, on a podcast, was that the arc is a little bit, it does look like a little bit higher right now. Like it looks like the ball is going like way higher, the arc. Um, it almost goes like up to like the shot clock area, like that kind of vicinity before it comes down. And so I can't quite pinpoint what's going down but with his three-point shot, but that's obviously where a lot of his efficiencies are where he's struggling. And so, again, I don't know if, if it's going to start coming back now that he had that, that pretty decent game against um, uh, the Suns or, or if it's going to continue. But I, what are your thoughts on Keller? I, I just find it very interesting when I, when I started digging into some of this data. Yeah, I think the hierarchy shot that you're seeing there uh, that's trending now with him as of late, it, it's because, you know, you're having injuries. So you're not having the same personnel out there on, on the mm-hmm. court. So – He's going he's gonna to have to try to create some space, and he's going to have to try to get a, a shot off in a hurry. So he's rushing through his shot, and what's happening is the reason that it's going higher is because he's going ahead and taking that off-balance jumper sometimes. Yeah. He has no choice. Um, he, he's, his form is a little different as well because if you're taking a, an off-balance jumper, I mean, you're going to have to kind of try to adjust for you going down. So what, his, what he's doing for him kind of you know being off-balance and going one way uh, he's, he's compensating by overshooting, you know, overextending himself on that shot. And that's why you're seeing that high arc, you know, that higher arc than usual. And the other thing is, too, is if he's doing a step back jumper, uh, again, trying to create some space and trying to shoot over his defender, that's going to cause him to go ahead and shoot a higher arcing shot. Uh, but the reason that we're seeing these things happening or the decline a little bit of, you know, Kel- Keldon Johnson's game uh, compared to, you know, when the Spurs got off to a hot start winning five in a row. And uh, really, uh, Spurs fans were saying, we hooping, you know. <laughs> yeah. But he was going into his um, his motions a lot faster, trying to beat that double team, triple team, or even different looks that the opposing team defense is giving him. When he was doing that, I think that's when he was at his best because he's not known so much as an, an isolation player like one DeMar DeRozan. So now that defenses, I, I think, have already figured him out a little bit more and also the Spurs as a whole since – you know, they know that they're not a very good offensive team um, and they're very young. When they start pressing them and they start taking away those passing lanes and, you know, taking away that ability to go ahead and get uh, higher assists than than they were at this juncture. In the beginning of the season, they were among, you know, one of the better teams in assists. They were number one. Now they've gone down a little bit more but because teams are taking away that, you know, that the passing lanes and forcing them to take bad shots, forcing them into isolation play, forcing them to go ahead and play hero ball. And unfortunately, since you're dealing with injuries and you're looking at both Keldon and you have Devin Vassell, who are your best players on this team, they're trying to go ahead and shoot as many shots as they possibly can because other uh, players are out. So that's why you're seeing the uptick and how many field goal attempts they're making. But again, since teams are pressing them and they're giving them these different looks, they're not making a lot of those um, field goal attempts. So you're seeing a decline in the field goal shooting as a whole. So it goes hand in hand. Basically, it's just not there. You can't, when you focus on each individual player, your better players, these little things that they're doing as far as their game and the little, you know, the decline, it gets amplified, I think, because the team as a whole isn't very good. So when the team as a whole isn't very good and you don't have a good supporting cast, the focus is going to be shifted more on the on the better players you have. And they're trying to do the best they can, but it's just the product out there is not very good. When you're 29th 
out of 30 teams in the NBA, you're ranked 29 out of 30 teams. You're the second worst team in the NBA. And basically the numbers aren't lying. The eye test isn't lying. They are who they are. They're just not very good at this point. But the consolation price is getting that high pick. That can change the, the franchise's trajectory moving forward. Yeah, so like you, you just explained it there perfectly. I, I, I do think like it's a uh, it's a culmination of factors, like you said. You know, the injuries of having some of your key players out. So like 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 you said, defense. All they have to do really is shift is focus yeah. on him and Vassell and on Kelvin Vassell. So it's, it's a really tough time for him to be going through like a shooting slump while defense are putting way more pressure on him and he's having to do more. And you see it here, like this is I was just looking at the drives right now. You see that before, um, you know, November eighteenth, he was six. Uh, only like 50% of his shots whenever he drove the ball, he was putting up a shot attempt. Now it's up to six, it's, it's up to 69%, almost 70% of the time he drives. And again, it's expected with, with defense is keen in on him. So that's the thing. Again, I'm not trying to be too negative here. I'm just trying to show, you know, I just wanted to, uh, for me, it was more a curious question. You know, I was oh, like, yeah. exactly like what happened, you know, here, 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 here with him. And so again, I just kind of pointed to that timeline. And, and like you said, Joe, it's a, it's a, it's a multiple uh, variety of factors. The team just, it, it, you know, like you said, 29th offense, and then they're missing key players. And that's just going to be lead to, to, to a tough night. Yeah. Uh, and then they can't shoot the three either. So if you have somebody just camping out, you know, sitting out there in the corner, you know, right wing three or at the top of the key and their teams are just like, go ahead and pass it. They ain't going to make it anyway. So they just sag off of them, get ready to get that rebound. And sure enough, the Spurs missed the three and the team's heading the other way on the fast break for an easy two, you know? Yeah, that was actually, yep, and that's actually why that, that leads to my next topic because you know again because if Keldon's struggling from the three-point line and he's one of their key shooters that's going to lead you to you know the team that's going to uh, have a big factor on the team and so I really want to dig into their three-point shooting because I remember just when the when they were in that you know they're five and two and me remember me and you were like oh they're they're outscoring their opponents by this many threes we we're all you know it's like whoa they've never done that nope they're getting outscored by like over 100 points now on threes uh so you know I just want to dig into the three-point data and see really where where have they really fallen off since, since the start of that season and you know what are some factors of why uh so right now now uh I, I did record, uh, cal- uh, gather this data on on um, Tuesday. So they're making 11.6 threes a night, which is 17th in the league. Uh, they're shooting 33.8 percent from three, 21st uh, on a wide open threes. They're only making five a night, which is 24th, and then they're they're shooting just 34 percent on wide open threes, which is 28th in the league. What I have noticed here, and and again, um, for for those of you um, watching the visual um, um, episode of the Spurs cast, you see here this little green area where teams are starting to leave them wide open. So we noticed that. During this losing streak on the road against the Clippers is when it starts. Teams are now saying, you know, you're missing a lot of players. We know that y'all are injured, you know, and it's just easier to guard you if we just pack the paint and take away the the two-point shot from you. And so teams are doing that now. They're leaving them wide open from three. And look at the Spurs. I mean, they're just not – this right here, this this points per shot is saying, you know, if you you should at least get at least one point per shot for every uh, shot you take, a three-point shot, it's worth three points. Look at this. They're just completely like not even getting up a point per shot, just maybe like twice in like the last, you know, whatever this is to 13, 15 games kind of thing. And so then, um, and I started asking, you know, so who are their, their main three point shooters for this team? And so, of course, they rely on Kelton. He takes the most eight, eight threes a game, uh, even though his overall um, shooting accuracy is 35 percent. We just saw how he's currently performing with the struggles from three. Devin's still shooting well, seven attempts per night, 42 uh, percent from three. McDermott's shooting well, five attempts, but then 41 percent accuracy. But he's injured. That's a key part of it. You know, one of your best shooters is injured. And the same thing for Josh Richardson. He's taking five threes a night and he shoots 36 percent, a good number. But again, he's injured as well. And so basically those four players are responsible for 75% of the team's threes. And so when, when two of them are injured and then one of them is going through a shooting slum, one of those players, it's a really tough, tough time for this, this team. And so that's kind of what I wanted to do here was just kind of explain why exactly they're, they're struggling from three uh, and why it's completely turned around on them. And I think it's just going to get harder now that that teams are starting to just, you know, say, Hey, go ahead and take threes. Let's see if y'all can beat us on the three point. And the Spurs are showing right now that they just don't have the shooters to do that. What are your thoughts on the three point line for, Oh, you kind of mentioned it, but oh, yeah. you have anything else to say? 
No, I, I just think that the Spurs, since they know that they're not very good, you know, and they're, they've been dealt a, a bad hand right now with injury, they're just going to have to try to play smarter. And the only way you can combat all their, let's say, misfortunes and their shortcomings is try to play great team basketball, which mm-hmm. is something that they have not been able to do. Specifically, they need to go ahead and come out the gate right away and and try to keep pace with a lot of these teams because the Spurs, if you look at their record going back to the beginning of the season, when the team falls behind in the first quarter, you know, and then, you know, they are behind the, the gun at the end of that first quarter, meaning that they're not able to either have a tie or have a, a, a one-point lead and they're they're losing that first quarter. Their their record is not very good after that. Uh, the numbers don't lie about that. And you know, unfortunately, they've started cold sometimes, and they get behind early. And it, it's hard. You know, you put a lot of energy and effort trying to play defense and trying to get those rebounds and crash the board. And that's another area too that the Spurs are getting you know um, out hustled on is is rebounds. You know, and again, it, you go and look at that, and it's just due to the team having injuries and. They're just not a very good rebounding team. They have not been a very good rebounding team over the what the course of the last couple of seasons historically. So that's you know trend is going in the in the wrong direction for them, unfortunately, with these injuries. So they're just getting outworked. They're getting out hustled, and to combat that, they just need to play better team basketball. That means moving the ball, not letting the ball stick. And if you're open, try to take a mid-range jumper because you can't knock down a three. And what I think sometimes is they get a little cute with the ball. They overpass. And when they do that, they give up open looks. They give up good looks. And and when they pass the ball to another teammate, then they're just kind of left wondering, what do we do? Okay, so we're going to have to force one up because we're already late in the shot clock with time expiring. And what happens? They wind up missing that ball. It clangs off the, you know, the tip, the tip of the rim. It's it's a long rebound, and the other team's just on the fast break again. And the Spurs have to get back on transition defense, Paul. And, and unfortunately, they're not just they're just not a very good team when it comes to their transition uh, defense. So again, it, it just all these things that we're saying are telling you the reasons why the team is on an eleven game losing streak. And hopefully, that will change soon. Yeah, and like the last thing it's not even a topic, but it's just like the last thing I wrote here. You can see in the notes is like I put all in all. They at least need to get healthy, like get like their best players on the floor. I mean, and again, that's not going to guarantee that they'll that they'll win all these games with those, you know, with Jakob and Sohan, and everybody and Devin, everybody together. But they have their best chance of winning games when you have like your, your, you know, you have your whole team. And that's that's been another part of it is like like I said, this team has such a small error, for, you know, room for error. And so when you're missing key players, I mean, it's just even more, it's just even harder for for them. And then like we mentioned, you know, their their key players, you know, defenses yeah. are focusing it on them. So yeah, it's just like a culmination of factors. And so. I mean, that's that for me. That's kind of it's going to be like the interesting thing. I mean, we're only at game twenty-four, man. It's like we got to get you know almost like sixty more games here, and it's like you know this is the expectation. This is going to be a young team. This is going to be a team that's probably not going to win. You know, you know they're going to lose less. They're not going to win more more than like you know what was Vegas saying twenty-two games right now. It's like twenty games. It's like there is there is there is what their pace. I had them at twenty-three, and I think you had them at twenty or twenty-one. I believe. Yeah. So right now I'd ran the numbers. It was like a twenty right now. It's like twenty point five. So it's fallen. Yeah, even more. And so like that's the thing. It's like it's like. Yes, you know, we, we definitely know that they're struggling, but it's also like it's kind of like expected in a way. And, and I guess you're right. You know, you do want to see more hustle and more more efforts. So it's kind of like, you know, for, for me, it's almost like I need to go find people who covered the Sixers during the, during the, um, the, the trust the process era and like yeah. Thunder and like all those teams that have tanked before. And I just got to see, you know, how do you, how exactly do you cover a team like this? Because, man, it's going to like it's tough. And, and like I said, like 
yes, you know, there's definitely a lot of negatives, but it's also like, it's kind of understandable in a way, but, but also, you know, you, you don't just want to, you know, just say, you know, you know, it, it's, it's different. I, I think that for, from the, the past Spurs teams that we've covered, you know, when they were championship contenders, then yeah. to that, that moment of like the DeMar DeRozan, DeJounte Murray teams where they were still competitive and they might've just gotten into play in game kind of teams. But now, I mean, this is completely different. Like we're talking possibly a 14 game losing streak, which would be a franchise record here if they don't win a game in the next three. Yeah, I think one thing that'll help the, the Spurs tremendously against this rock against the Rockets is that there, it's rumored that they're going to wind up getting coach Popovich back, which, yes, you know, yes. I think we, uh, as, as fans here looking on the outside, looking in, I think a lot of uh, not only people in the media, but the fans themselves, uh, forget how valuable Coach Pop is, you know, his leadership out there, you know, on, on the sideline. Um, so getting him back is going to be a tremendous help for for the team. And maybe they'll play some inspired ball and win one for Coach Pop, you know. <laughs> yeah. So so we'll see. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, we'll just see what, what, what happens. I mean, we'll, we'll obviously keep keep them, um, you know, going through the season as, as it progresses. So uh, thanks to Joe for joining me here on this episode of the Spurs cast. I also want to say thank you to Joe for mixing and producing this episode from all of us at Project Spurs. Stay safe and have a great day.